What do you do when someone is more attached to their smartphone than they are to you? Have you ever felt that way? Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. Technology. Oh, what to do with the smartphone generation. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and this is Life, Love, and Family. I got your picture Swimming around inside my head While all the kids snapping pics They can click on what they miss I kinda like real life instead Boy, do we live in the technology, digital age of connecting with our devices. And you may have kids or grandkids, and you're wondering, what's happened to them? Have I lost them? What's going on? We're going to talk about issues related to digital growing up, digital adolescence. In fact, it's actually said today that our teenagers, our adolescents, are growing up online and offline. In other words, in reality, and they're growing up digitally, they have something called a digital adolescence. You see, it's two different lives. It's what the kids present online to be a certain way, look a certain way, present themselves as being a certain way online. But as you look at them in reality, the two, a lot of times, are really far apart. We want to talk about what's happening to ourselves and our youth and talk about some tips for dealing with the smartphone generation. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and this is Life, Love, and Family. Sam Kelly's here in the studio with me. This is good. It's our world now. One of the things that can happen in our new world is we get disconnected from real relationships. You may have been with somebody at lunch. You're looking at them across the table, eye to eye, but they're holding that smartphone in their hand and they're texting. Now, texting's not bad, is it? But they're texting away and you're having a conversation and all of a sudden they look up at you and they go, what'd you say? They have developed something that we call partial attention. And we're living through life these days with our technology having partial attention and we're divided. And uh, we are looking at a device carrying on a conversation with five different people and trying to have lunch with somebody. And if we have partial attention, then we have partial distraction. And you feel like you're never really connecting with that other person. How has technology interfered with relationships? Aren't our kids to a degree, and we're the ones doing it, we are contributing to the online presence of our kids. And this is how we need to figure out what to do with this in our home. If I am complaining about my kids and telling them to put that away, and yet they saw me texting and driving. What do we do with wow. this? Let me just mention to you that how's this possible, but some of the surveys are showing us today that our average teenager, and usually we're saying 12 to 17 years old when we say that, is getting approximately 14 hours of online time a day. A day. Screen time, 14 hours. How do you do 14 hours wow. 
of time today. And so you're including in that, that's the smartphone, that's the computer, that's television, that's video games. It's all of it. That's a lot of time. On Life, Love, and Family, what do you do when someone is more attached to their smartphone than they are to you? Have you ever felt that way? Here's a number for some help if you sense that someone you know has a bit of tech addiction going on. This is the number to the Center of Place of Hope, 888-771-5166. The grandkid came over to see you and you're with your grandkid and all they wanted to do was to be on a device, whether it was a smartphone or a tablet. In fact, they even asked you if you had a Xbox and you tried to get them outside. This is a uh, very real and recurring issue. And without appropriate boundaries around technology, boundaries such as how much time do we allow? And we know that the American Academy of Pediatrics has actually issued some very interesting guidelines based upon age of how much time a child should be online. So they've got it divided like zero to two years old and and they map it out as guidelines. And it's really based upon uh, research that shows the developing brain and an overstimulation of that brain is not healthy. And that's interesting because you said the average teenager is spending 14 hours a day on screen time. I'm sure that's not what the Association of Pediatrics would would recommend. Correct. What is more reasonable? Well, we need to look at, again, age. And then for us, what we want to also look at is what is it we're allowing them on online with? So if it's a boy, boys, they're going to go for things that are intense. So intense games, intensity. And this is a a hard one to say, but we do want to be clear about it, that the average age to exposure to pornography on the Internet is dropping to younger and younger ages. And it wasn't long ago that you'd usually read the average exposure to pornography on the Internet is about age 10. Hmm. But now we're seeing that it's even dropping to age 9. Wow. So kids are being exposed most often unintentionally. This is what happens unintentionally. And we have a pattern of viewing pornography online that starts at a very early age. Um, and there's a question we actually have from a dad about that. He says he's got a son, teenager, accessing, he knows, porn all the time on his phone and doesn't know how to do it other than take away the phone, which doesn't even seem like it's a reasonable thing to do. Right. He's asking, what do you do if you're the parent in that situation? There are ways of monitoring this, and there's really good applications that you can get. There's one called Net Nanny. It is an app that we have that we use. Why we like this particular one is when your kid attempts to download something, it's going to alert you, and you can actually authorize permission remotely. Uh, yes, this is okay. Or you can set up parameters. These types of games are okay, these are not. And you can actually lock down from your smartphone or from your computer if something happens you can actually lock down their phone remotely really so there are good options out there these days we feel though i think as as parents that we don't have the knowledge it's like our kids have passed us by with the understanding of tech and that somehow how do we catch up with it and and what you're saying is it's there it's probably our job just to research it and figure yes. out what does what i need it to do and and then to realize we have the power to set the boundaries and to use these tools. We do have the power and we need to be empowered to Mm. do something. Mm -hmm. Most kids are, as well as adults, if you say, well, how much time do you spend online? They always underestimate it. And we actually do lose track of the amount of time that we spend on our devices. 
Are you able to sit down at the dinner table and not be staring at your device? Are you able to set it aside? We have a new thing that we're doing. When you're with a person, be fully present with them. In your family, you're yes. doing this. So, and I noticed, now this has been a little bit of time ago, that I had a problem when I had both boys at the dinner table texting each other underneath the table. Wow. Okay, so that's a problem. And that's when you instituted the be present <laughs> when you're with a person. So, yes. Yeah. So if I'm out to lunch with somebody, I, I don't want them to ask me, what did I say? Or Yeah, it's such a gift. You know, a lot of times we talk about, you know, being generous with your money or being yes. generous with things. And to me, one of the greatest gifts of generosity would be just to really listen and to really be with a person. And we're losing that. That's right. I had a situation not long ago about a gal who came to us and she was sleeping with her smartphone. When I say sleeping with it, she was literally putting it under her pillow. She would wake up at all times during the night because there was text messages coming in and the phone would buzz and it was under her pillow. I asked her, why would you do this? She asked me if I had heard of F-O-M-O. And at the time, I hadn't quote F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. And she literally, I can't m miss out. And the most active time on social media for our youth actually is about 10 p.m. to about 2 a.m. This is the most active social media time. Well, any wonder why kids are having a hard time getting up in the morning and staying awake in a classroom? Because this can really be quite disruptive to sleep. What is it like if you try to set boundaries and you've not set them before? Your child is sleeping with his phone or her phone and suddenly you're going, no, these are going to be our new household rules. What kind of responses do you yes, get as a parent? I, well, we don't want to. We don't want to make. It's not about shaming them or saying, you know, hey, man, you're really bad for doing this. For our own family's health and well-being, here's what we're going to do. And maybe you need to decide phones are going to go on a charger and uh, and tablets or whatever, all devices at a certain place, generally by a certain time each day, or they don't have it the next day. And you start to set up these parameters because, you see, it really is a privilege, not a right. And so for the kid that is nine years old and is saying, well, when am I going to get the iPhone 6? <laughs> and this kid is nine years old. So we're seeing with technology something called entitlement, where there's just, a, I'm entitled to have this. Don't you understand? Everybody else has <laughs> the iPhone 6 or whatever it is. Because we do live in a one, don't we live in a one click world? I'm holding my smartphone right now and I can click a couple clicks away and I can order anything. I can get any information. And we're used to having everything instantly. For our kids, and we mentioned this earlier, who have developing brains, they develop something that we're, we're going to call low impulse control. Low impulse control is simply just impulsive. I can't do delayed gratification. Yes, I see that I can order that. Click, click. And everything is instant. And so I'm used to having it instant. Therefore also comes the entitlement. Well, it's right here. I, I can get it. See? And it's our culture. <laughs> it's our culture. To a degree. Um, how do you know that you've got an issue yourself? You, you mentioned at your table, you knew yes. that your family had an issue when your boys are at the table and they're texting each other under the table. Okay. <laughs> That's, it's very clear. If you're, if you're a parent, how do you know that this is too far? Because obviously people want to keep track of their kids and they want them to be computer literate and savvy, able to navigate things. What is the warning sign that something's off? The warning sign is obviously it's how much time I spend. 
And I am interested in what are you spending the time with online? Granted, the mobile device is taking over. By that, I mean people are searching for information. It's no longer a laptop. It's no longer a, a stationary computer. So it has become very key to our functioning. And I get that piece. I understand that. One of the things that we need to be aware of, though, how am I going to protect myself or my kids? And what's okay and what's not okay? So what's your family values? What kind of games are all right and what kind are not? Use that to talk about. There's many uh, opportunities for us to check out like a movie and why things are rated the way they are. And the same is true with, with games. And then to talk about it. So we want to be careful if we're going to change the rules in our home for all our health and well-being. So we're going to put parameters about around well, what's our family stand for? Is this game really consistent with our family values? And we're going to look for things like perhaps the sexualization that can happen through some games and inappropriate sexual content that's in games. Today on Life, Love & Family, tech addiction, and a lot of times it's our teenagers, sometimes it's us. The center is a place of hope, 888-771-5166. One of the things that we want to look at is practicing what we preach. What do we mean by that? Well, if we're walking around and every time that our kids see us, they're just seeing the blue light reflection coming off our screen. Mm. <laughs> and uh, we're laying in bed with a tablet every night they see us. And this is what we're seeing. So the question is, what are we modeling and what's our level of engagement? That's a big one, too, because to be honest about that, and you almost, if you start paying attention to it, I find myself, how many times did I check it during the day? Yes. A lot more than what yes. I thought. When you said about addiction earlier, makes sense to me. We always underestimate what we're doing when it comes to things like that. Absolutely. Daryl is asking about getting his kids to go to grandma and grandpa's house. Grandma and grandpa don't have Wi-Fi and his kids are very resistant to going and they always throw a big fit about going. He says, do I force them? Kids need to go and they need to have what we call a detox time. And we need to build this into our life. You know, this is what we love about camps where there's not technology. Kids check in their cell phones. My goodness. We need to build in regular times. We'll call it technology detox. Technology detox is something that is so important because it allows us to begin to look at the world in a different way. And we get to develop this online relationship because many times it's escapism behavior. Mm -hmm. It feels safer and it's easy for adults to fall in that as well. One of the fastest growing age group for Facebook is females 35 and above. This is something that is important to look at because they're looking for connection. In one survey that I read, about half, it was 46%, who would get up in the morning and they would immediately go over and check their Facebook postings without doing anything else. So they don't get up and go to the bathroom, get up, don't have a cup of coffee, whatever. The very first thing they do is go online. And the question is, why? What are, what are they looking yeah. for? And they're looking for connection. And it probably can kind of get your life out of balance. We had a note from Lee as well. He said he suspects that his wife is connecting with some older boyfriends on her Facebook and he doesn't even know how to talk with her about that. But do you see that with women who are doing that, that they're looking for something that's somehow more romantic or more special in their life by going on Facebook? Yes. They're looking for something that causes them to feel good. People may go online to mood elevate. I go online because I can be who I want to be. I'm looking for connection. And there's always people like me. Right. And I'm, I'm looking to get emotional needs met online that perhaps 
I, I feel like I'm not getting met in real life. And it's hard. I mean, what if you're the husband and you, you think that your wife is kind of over-medicating on Facebook? Is there a way to go in there without making her feel bad about herself or defensive? Ask your wife to do some things with you. Begin to engage, <laughs> you know, nice. and whether it's just activities, whether you're going for a walk or whether you, whatever it is you're doing. But begin to do some things together that begins to help out and, and meet. And there's always going to be the need for connection. Mm-hmm. But can I supplement that by becoming engaged myself? That's nice. Does it work that way for your kids, too? If you develop different activities and things you do with them, does it help them kind of wean themselves off tech a little bit? You know, it can. And you can even do something, which we've, we've done, where uh, it's the kitchen timer and there's so much time that's allowed. And it's not in a bedroom. It's in an open space. And when that buzzer goes off, that's the time. And we try to balance this by outside or physical activity. The question for you about the detox with tech, is that a whole day? Is it an hour? Is it a week? What do you guys do in your family? You know, one of the things I would suggest doing is is taking a day. It could be from a certain time in the day through a certain time at night. You can call it what you want to call it, but this is a day, it's technology free, it's technology detox, whatever you want to call it. Make sure you're doing, you have some things planned. You make it cool. Make it fun. Yes. Do some things, but it's it's a day that we're not going to utilize technology. It's not going to be our first or second choice. We're going to spend some time together. And it's not because technology is bad, but we're going to be proactive by having time together. And I got to tell you, it lowers frustrations. It'll turn out all right. You got to learn how to be together with each other. The grown-ups too. The grown-ups too. As you guys were doing that in your family, was it a little strange at first? Yes. And one of the things that we do is we actually have done this a couple of times recently where you go out for a hike and we're going to go out in the outdoors. And truly the last two times we did this, there was no reception. It was not a choice. Forced detox. <laughs> yeah. We're joking, but there's such a, a deep part of it. And my concern, of course, as a, as a parent is how do we create this as a parent? Because I find for myself, there are times where I just need a moment to clean the kitchen or to do something that now that we have a, a young daughter, it's harder to find time to do it. And what is my, my default is put her in front of the television or give her an app. I confess. And I think a lot of us are doing that It speaks more about us as a parent and our needs than to the child at all. Yes, absolutely. One of the things that's so important, by the way, is when you build that trust with your kids, they're going to be more obedient when you need to say, okay, time is up. Understand their world, but also understand that there are boundaries and there's time boundaries and they may not like it, but you're going to, you're going to engage with those time boundaries and you're going to be involved in their life. If it's a younger kid, you need to be sure you have passwords and there's not secret things going on. What are the essential things that parents need to know? Will you name one or two of those just off the top? What are the essentials? Okay, well, uh, tip number three is kind of a fun one. It's remember, you bought it, it is yours. That's good. <laughs> so, Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah. But this is technology or a, or a smartphone is a privilege. I know of kids who, you know, a whole seventh grade year or eighth grade year, they didn't have their, it just was not the right thing at the right time. And it's okay to intervene and for your kid to be different. And if you it, have to be the bad to guy be for probably a while too. I'm sure that you get a lot of pushback when you do something like that. 
You do. You do. And and there's a, a lot of anger. You probably have noticed there's something actually that's called technology temper tantrums. Mm. And, and you've seen a younger child and they've been uh, entertained with the device. And then you take it away and they scream and yell and cry. And then you see the parent give it back to them. What message has just been... Give them back the pacifier, right? This happens a lot, and you probably have seen this. So what we want to do is we need to remember there are some time guidelines. Here's what can happen. A kid with unferreted and uncontrolled time online, and it doesn't matter how much time or what they're doing online, the overstimulation of that brain, that developing brain that's growing in size, over time can create what we call a craving brain. Uh, now I'm I've I've been sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. I'm just I'm on technology all the time. My parents don't check on me. I keep it in my room. I'm on games all the time. And one of the things that happens is my brain is used to this high level of stimulation. That high level of stimulation will ultimately create what we call a depressed brain. And that depressed brain is one that will want to have more and more stimulation and crave more and more in order to feel normal again. So it's like an addiction. And we're building it in our own kids. Yes. Not on purpose because we just want them to be happy and to be enjoying themselves. And, and that whole idea of making your kids happy, that's something that our generation has really struggled with. Yeah, my job is to make them happy. No, (laughs) maybe not. And as you're describing this, I mean, how powerful that you're talking about an actual physical chemical change that happens in your child's brain when you allow this unchecked use of tech. Yes, correct. So you're being strong, you're helping their health. When you make the change for them, is it possible to come back? I mean, even if you've had their entire youth, their entire upbringing where they've just been allowed to watch whatever and do whatever, is it possible at this point to go in there and set boundaries and to start making changes and actually be of some good and be of some help to them? You can be, yes, it is possible. And by the way, it is amazing when parameters are put in place and boundaries, it may take a little time, but you will develop a closer relationship with your child by having those boundaries and following through with them. You may notice with kids, as you do this and they're online a little less, something that we're going to call disconnection anxiety. You may see kids get irritable and adults do this too. There is something that is called technology addiction and they have, they're disconnected. They feel anxious. I'm disconnected from my friends and they feel this disconnection anxiety. Their heart rate goes up. They get sweaty palms. They're having like a withdrawal reaction. Now, adults can have that as well. As you just joined in today, 10 tips for parenting the smartphone generation and sometimes for parenting ourselves if we've just gone too far in our addiction to tech. You can connect with Dr. Jance on his website at aplaceofhope.com. That's another great place to find this book that we've been talking about. Just a handy handbook for you. 10 tips for parenting the smartphone generation at aplaceofhope.com. Withdrawal symptoms like any other addiction, that you actually have physical symptoms. For many, there is an emotional bonding. For one survey that I've read with with teenagers is their cell phones and their cell phone covers, they're rating it as more important than their clothing. So what is the identity? Is it really? What are some of the other answers that you find when people have anxiety if you've stopped their tech? One is 
the anxiousness that I'm missing out. Okay. And something's going to happen and I don't know about it because there is the expectation that we have with technology that the response back should be instant. Mm -hmm. It's just that. And maybe you've trained everybody because you, you get a text and you're texting everybody back in, in 30 seconds. And you've trained everybody that you're always on. See, technology teaches us we always have to be on. How do you go in with your kids and go, you know, what does that represent to you? Or is, is this your identity? That seems like such a, a mom question. Yeah. <laughs> How do you go in in a gentle way with your kids and help them isolate? Hey, you know, what is the meaning of this? I usually ask, so tell me who you're talking to. You know, maybe they're texting five or six different people. Mm -hmm. Enter into their world a bit. Make it safe to share where they feel like they don't have to keep things secret. We can talk about it all. What about grownups with issues on tech. Annalie writes and she says, my husband's really into his video games and I thought he would grow out of this when we got married seven years ago, but it seems like he's gotten even more into games and they're more advanced games. He's staying up quite late playing with his friends over the internet. It affects his interest in going to yes. work and I'm really concerned. It seems like to, this is his only hobby. I don't want to be a killjoy, but I'm really bothered. What do you do if you're the spouse of someone who may have an addiction like that? There's a time where we intervene. You know, this is not okay. There are now programs, in fact, we, we do one where we're helping people with what really is a technology addiction. There's been some studies that have shown for, for kids that some, it's called the digital heroin, and that's pretty strong. It is. The research is coming in over and over and over that for some, the, the brain, and we take a, a, like a CAT scan of the brain, it's affecting the same areas as uh, a cocaine, for example and the, what we, the chemical called dopamine. We can have a kid's brain that's been overstimulated that is used to these high levels of stimulation and intensity craving more and more. And this can happen to an adult. So there's emotional reasons why we have a problem being attached online, as well as there can be physiological issues. So there is a time, uh, and we're finding more, you know, the more time you spend online, it's kind of like the recent survey that came out about the more people spent online with Facebook, like if they suffered with depression, the worse their depression got. Which is the exact opposite of what you're trying to accomplish by going on yes. there. So what a beautiful reset for all of us and for our families. And I like the thing you always say, which is there, there is hope that even if we've gotten a little bit far into this, there is a path back. There is. And you're never going to regret investing in your relationships in real time. As we know, being addicted to our device, it is possible. We can be irritable, we can be depressed, we can be controlled by it. But what to do about that? How to have a healthy relationship with technology in this digital age? You may know somebody that needs help and you see them depressed, you see them really in trouble with this. I have written a book that you need to have, 10 Tips for Parenting the Smartphone Generation. There is hope when technology has that stronghold on us and we can make changes. Other times we need more in-depth help. I want you to know about the center, A Place of Hope. The phone number is 
1-800-242-5166. This is an opportunity to find out what are the resources. How do we get free of this technology bondage? 888-771-5166. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz saying thank you for listening to Life, Love, and Family. There are more resources? Find those? Go to lifeloveandfamily.net. Life, Love, and Family. You know the feeling where you're tired and unmotivated and sometimes you get mad for no reason. And maybe you don't like what it's doing to your family or to your job. That's why the Center for Counseling and Health Resources has been there for people for more than 30 years. They take a whole person care approach that'll look at everything from your nutrition, your vitamin balances, your mind, your spirit. Call 1-888-771-5166 or for help right now visit aplaceofhope.com.